invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel this morning. The gospel of Mark chapter 9 verses 2 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up to a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling bright, such as no one on earth could brighten them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Be seated. Good morning, and the grace and peace of Christ be with you. Thankful for all that are able to gather together today, a special welcome also to those who may be visiting with us today. We pray that today's time together will be a blessing to you, as your presence is certainly a blessing for us today. Also welcome those joining us by streaming and by delayed broadcast. Thankful for the music from the Testimony Choir today. Thank you all so much. Thankful for the beautiful flowers in memory of Reverend Dr. Bill Bailey, uh, a late um, uh, pastor and district superintendent from the Legacy Memphis Conference. Uh, served for many years very well from his family. Thank you for those beautiful flowers in his memory today. A reminder that this Wednesday night at 6.30, say that with me, this Wednesday night at 6.30, we have our Ash Wednesday service. And so I encourage all of us to be able to come and uh, to take part in the Ash Wednesday service, the service of Evensong provided by the choir, and we'll receive the imposition of ashes that evening. I hope you will be able to join us for that as we begin the season of Lent. Did you hear the funny story of a man who walked into a library and asked the librarian for books, where the books were about paranoia. And the librarian looked around and leaned forward and whispered, they're right behind you. <laughs> Sometimes unexpectedly, Something you're looking for is right there. Today is Sunday between, East, uh, between Epiphany and Lent. And each year at this time, in the United Methodist Church, we remember the transfiguration of Christ. It's from this time on in the scriptures that Jesus begins to go to Jerusalem, which we remember during Lent. Today's gospel from Mark takes us to a high mountain. Jesus gathers Peter and James and John 
and leads them away from the crowds into a space that's about to become very sacred. Because there on that mountain, something tremendous is about to happen. Mark tells us that Jesus' appearance was transformed. His clothes became dazzling white. His face shone like the sun. Moses and Elijah, the greatest prophets from Israel's history, appear with Jesus and they begin to confer with him. And Peter suggests that they stay there and build three shelters, one for each of them. And a cloud of God's presence settles on the scene and a voice booms from within the cloud that declares, this is my beloved son, listen to him. It was a glimpse into the very core of Jesus' being. It revealed his divine nature, his connection to God and the history of salvation. It was a moment of pure glory, a foretaste of the kingdom to come. And when they looked around, suddenly, there was no cloud and no Elijah and no Moses. Jesus was alone with them. Jesus was still there. And I want us to take a few moments and consider the fact that as the vision concluded, that Jesus was still there. And what it might mean for our walk with Jesus as individuals and as a church. And the first thing I believe we can learn is the need to listen. The voice in the cloud declared, in the presence of Elijah and Moses, that the disciples should listen to Jesus. This was all fulfillment of Scripture. I, I read a devotion that asked this question, have you ever met someone famous? To do something like that sometimes, if, if you think about a time in your life where you, that happened to you, it could be an exciting experience, particularly if the person that's famous speaks to you. Because it means a lot if somebody that you look up to actually takes time to speak to you. In a much greater way, one of the most amazing things about the Christian faith is the reality that the eternal and holy God of the cosmos chose to condescend to speak to us. Shouldn't we cultivate a deeper desire to listen? Throughout redemptive history, God spoke to his people in various ways. The writer to the Hebrews makes the point in the opening verse of the epistle, Long ago, the book of Hebrews opens, at many times and in many ways, 
God spoke to our forefathers by the prophets. And while God communicated in many ways in the Old Testament, he preferred, it seems, to speak through prophets. And among those Old Testament prophets, Moses was the most significant. Moses was the great lawgiver, God's mouthpiece, the mediator of God's covenant between Israel and the Lord, who led them out of bondage in Egypt. Moses' significance in Israel's history cannot be overstated. The shadow of the Exodus stretches throughout the entire Bible. The Exodus was that redemptive event that typified the future redemption by Jesus Christ. This means that the primary of the primary role of Moses in Revelation was really to set the stage for Jesus the one who would ultimately surpass and eclipse him. And before he died, in Deuteronomy 18, 15, Moses spoke to the people of Israel. And he said these words, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, It is, listen, it is to him you shall listen. And we hear those words spoken in the cloud. Listen to him. In addition, Elijah, the great prophet, was expected to return to lead the way for Messiah. And here was Elijah in the vision conversing with Jesus. The disciples saw Elijah with Jesus. Moses gives testimony. The voice in the cloud says, listen to him. What's happening is a declaration of a new age. And then suddenly when they look around, it's Jesus who's still there. Why? so that they can listen to him. There was still so much to do, so much to teach, so much to understand. As Moses had led Israel from Egypt to the promised land, from slavery to freedom, from false gods to the Lord God of Israel, and the only way was going to be through the sea and the wilderness. So Jesus was going to lead a passing from the old covenant to the new from slavery of sin to freedom, from death to life. And the only way to the empty tomb and the resurrection would be through the passion and the cross. And the disciples were really, really going to need to listen. The voice in the cloud wants the disciples to listen. The Lord also wants his church to listen to Jesus. But in order to listen, we have to pay attention. We have to sometimes be quiet to listen. 
in our daily lives. We can't listen unless we settle down. We can't hear unless we refrain from speaking out of turn, much like Peter did in our story today. The ancient rabbis would teach that God gave us two ears and one mouth, that we might listen twice as much as we speak. Some wise words. Mark tells us in the gospel passage today that Peter didn't know what to say. But he ended up saying something to the first thing that came to his mind. That's not always the wisest thing to do, is it? In our relationship with God and our relationship with others, we should be wise to be quiet and to listen more than we speak. Now, we can't be hard on Peter. After all, he was doing his best to do well. He wanted to make booths and to solemnize the occasion. Peter wanted to give a religious meaning to that vision. And he wanted it to last for a long time. But the voice reminded him that it was more important to listen to Jesus. Listen. Because Jesus is still there. Another thing we learn is the need to focus on Jesus. Not only listening, but focus to watch. Peter had confessed that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, up on the mountain, he wants to build shelters for all three, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, as though they're equal. According to Mark's story today, Peter and the others are still learning what it means that Jesus is Messiah. And so the father said, this is my son. My son, listen to him. And then only Jesus was still there. Christians can't help but see Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, in the light of Christ's glory. And as glorious as this revelation was, however, the true glory of Jesus wasn't seen at the transfiguration. His true glory, the fullest glory, the most glorious thing, would be seen on the cross. Because the transfiguration, the vision that they saw, revealed the identity of the sonship of Jesus, yet Jesus still was there, and Jesus still went to the cross. His glory, the miracle, was that he gave up heaven. And everything that was his, in obedience to the Father for the sake of humankind, The transfiguration gave the disciples something that they would only understand in light of the crucifixion and the resurrection. For Jesus in our scripture today specifically tells them, don't talk about this until after those events. Then after he was raised, 
The Bible tells us in another place that Jesus opened their minds to understand everything that he did had been in accordance with the law and the prophets. Sometimes God acts in our lives in ways that we don't always understand when it's happening. It's only after the fact that we can begin to understand. We might have a spiritual awakening, awakening but it still takes a while for us to process it and to fully understand it. Or, or we might have those times when, when we're down and we feel alone, only to see later that God was with us all along. But we can't see it until after. Just like Jesus. Even though they didn't understand, Jesus was still there. He was still there with the disciples. And he did so because he was going to do something on behalf of all humanity. And we see in Jesus the need to embrace humanity. Jesus had not left the disciples for the glory of heaven. He was still there. What if Jesus had, had used that moment to, to look around him and to say, you know what? No, thank you. <laughs> Could you or I have blamed him if Jesus had decided to take again his place in heaven without going through with the mission? Yet, where would we be? We would still be lost in our sins and hopeless for redemption. But Jesus embraced humanity. And he showed us what it meant to be truly human. Sacrificing all for God. It's wrong for us to use our humanity as an excuse for sin. Well, I'm only human. We've heard it. We've said it. And it's true. We are broken by sin. The Bible makes that clear. But it's not the way it was intended, is it? In Christ, also, we are made whole again. Humanity was intended to be very good, the Bible tells us. And the Bible also says that Jesus is the second Adam. That's why in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, it states, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. St. Irenaeus, in discussing the transfiguration, wrote, The glory of God is a live human being. And a truly human life is the vision of God. Thus, Jesus gave us the example of what it means to be truly human to the glory of God. Have you ever noticed that Christ does not leave the soul? Even after there might be a, a moment of extraordinary joy or a moment in your life and then that fades you notice that Jesus doesn't leave even though the moment might fade more often than not it's his ordinary presence with us that we know just like with the disciples and as he promised them even to the end of the world 
And that's what we have to depend upon day by day by day. And thank God for daily bread of his presence. And not expect a continual feast of visions. As they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them to keep it very quiet, very private until he was raised from the dead. Perhaps it was so that they could ponder the vision. Perhaps it was so that they wouldn't boast about what they had seen to other people. We might learn a lesson to never ever boast about any kind of special experience the Lord ever gives us. For remember, if the Lord ever shows us something miraculous, it could be to prepare us for a great challenge or struggle. Think about in the scriptures. You ever think to yourself, I wish I could, I wish I could have a burning bush experience like Moses did. You ever think that? Beware. You get a burning bush and then God asks you to go tell, talk to Pharaoh. Huh? Or Elijah stands in the cleft of the rock and there's the fire and there's the earthquake and there's the wind and he doesn't sense the power of God. But after all of that, a still small voice of God speaks to him. He hears it. He knows it. Unforgettable. And we think, wow, I wish you could have that. Beware. Because that still small voice told Elijah to go talk to a king and tell the king that he had lost the favor of God and that he would be deposed. The disciples see this vision of Jesus and they're all going to be called upon to be leaders of the church. James would be the first to die a martyr's death. Peter was the one to preach and to lead that early church and later he also would die a martyr's death according to tradition. John, the beloved, would become a leader of a community of, of faith and entrusted with the mother of Jesus and would be exiled for his faith. All would be called upon to embrace humanity for the sake of Christ and in doing so to be truly human. And all along they found that Jesus was still there. Yet at the same time, the transfiguration teaches us that Jesus is not only fully human, but fully divine. He is the Son of God, the embodiment of divine love and power. And even in the midst of darkness and struggle, hope always remains. The transfiguration reminds us that God's kingdom is coming, and it will ultimately triumph over evil and suffering. We're called to be transformed by encounters that we have with God. Just as the disciples were changed by their experience on the mountain, we too are called to continually grow in faith and love and service 
And a mountaintop experience, although it might be beautiful, it's not the final destination for followers of Jesus. The disciples have to go back down the mountain and continue their mission to the world, facing their own challenges, learning from Jesus how to take up a cross. And in our own lives, we might have experiences that are moments of grace and glimpses of God's love and glory. And these, these moments could be transformational and fill us with hope. But just like the disciples, always remember we're called to carry those experiences back into the world. Into pain, into struggles that exist in this world. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Because through it all, if we're faithful, we'll find out that Jesus is still there. He's still there. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our final song is found in our green hymnal, page 3157. Come, let us dream. Let us stand as we sing our final song.
benediction, may the love, mercy, and grace of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace.